You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by a free five-day email challenge from me and Catherine Miller, all about including technology in the music classroom. Whether you have one-to-one devices or only a teacher device, we're going to share our favorite ways to incorporate technology in our classrooms in a meaningful way. To get on this free challenge, all you have to do is go to thatmusicteacher.com slash technology and sign up and we will send you the five-day challenge. Again, that's thatmusicteacher.com slash technology. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of That Music Podcast. This week, I'm going to be sharing a few ways that I use composition in my classroom that kind of make it a little low stakes. So anxiety-free composition activities is what I really like to think about it as. Um, Because when I look back at my own musical upbringing, I never was the child, uh, I was never the poster child of someone even remotely comfortable with improvisation and composition. At the time, I was so rigid with how I viewed music. I read the music on the page, and I sang it. That was it. Whenever I was asked to come off the page, I would really start to stress out. So when I began getting closer to having my own classroom, I really knew that I needed to take a moment and stop and think. So when I really started thinking about my own classroom and the curriculum that I was going to develop, I knew that I really had to be aware of my own tendencies to avoid composition and improvisation in order to make sure that my students were given the best that I could give them. Just as with anything, I think it's really important for us to scaffold the sequence and not just all of a sudden say, hey, we're going to compose this piece today. Good luck. So this process is not just a one-year thing. It goes through all the years of their music classes and it kind of builds upon itself. So I usually start by having the students work with something that they know. So one thing I like to do is have my students notate the rhythm of a song that they already know using popsicle sticks. While this isn't really composition, I believe it's a really good way to have a low stakes way to have students involved in the process of writing down the music. So once we've practiced this activity for a couple of different songs that they know, um, and I usually do this as a mix of doing it with a partner and doing it on their own, uh, I move into having students create their own choices to begin that path towards composition. One resource I really love is using rhythm cards for student choice. So you basically, instead of giving them all the choices out in the world, you have specific rhythms on the cards. So I have different ones that I use. Um, Some of them have simpler rhythms, and then depending on what grade, they have some more more difficult rhythms. Um, But basically, they get to put the order of these cards. So I still set some of the rules. So you're like, all right, you're going to need to pick eight cards, or you're going to pick 16 cards, or whatever whatever it's going on with the lesson. But I'm still kind of doing some of the, the work for them, but they're still making the choices. So it's still kind of low stakes. They're still having that opportunity to be successful, uh, but it's not me throwing everything at them, expecting them to be perfect. There are some really great rhythm cards from David Rao at Make Moments Matter Music Ed, um, and they're really great, and they have, um, I use the fall food rhythm cards, um, but he's a lot of them out there that are really good for student composition, especially if you're trying to um, move it around with a little thematic thing like other like the ones that I use are for fall food so I use those around Thanksgiving a lot um, but I really like using those cards because it allows them to make a choice so one of my favorite ways to use these rhythm cards is actually to have them create a B section to a song that they already know for instance if we were singing Peace Porridge Hot we would use Peace Porridge Hot um, as the A section and then we would have their B section be them clapping and speaking the rhythms and then going back to that A section 
with the piece boards hot. I think not not only is that a great way to teach form, uh, it's a good way to let them have their own composition within a, a song that they already know. So that they know that they're at least going to be able to be successful on those A sections. So once my students are able to feel comfortable and successful in writing down a song they already know or creating some of these smaller choices with these cards, I then work on having them take the next step into creating their own choices. One of my favorite things I've used for this step is having students create a rhythmic burger composition. Not only is this another great way to help reinforce form, it's also an easy next step for students into creating their own compositions. And it can be easily adjusted for different ages and abilities by changing the form of the piece. I like using this activity for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it's a low stakes way and it involves only rhythm at the beginning. And then you can add um, in rhythm and pitches. So students are able to be successful with relatively low effort and low risk on their part. So I found that by having more frequent activities like this allows students to build on their compositional abilities with little to no freakouts on the part of my students. So I think it's really important for us to realize that this is this can be really tricky for some of our students. I think some of our students are really going to fly with these compositions, but I think some of them um, they're kind of they're going to have they're going to struggle thinking outside of the box a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of times um, unintentionally education can get really stuck in that box sometimes. So it's it's harder for some of our students to start getting thinking around that box and thinking critically about different ways we could make something, especially when there is no right answer. Like let's be honest, we all know at least one student that freaks out when there is no right answer and that they don't know, you know, they don't have that immediate feedback of this is right or this is wrong when there are multiple options. So when it comes to my older students, one of my favorite projects is an ostinato composition project that allows students to experiment with four types of ostinatos in a fairly easy way. So I've written out an outline of the structure that I usually use for this process um, in the link in the show notes. But the general process starts with students learning the cup song to a known song and then extending that to perform their own parodies with ostinato embellishments. This is a lesson that I use every year with my fifth graders. Um, I actually, my first year I used to do it with my fifth and sixth graders, and I think it really works best with my fifth graders, um, but my fifth, sixth graders still really enjoyed it. I think it just kind of fits more into my curriculum in my fifth grade year, um, more than that sixth grade year. Um, so I really enjoy seeing what my students come up every year because honestly, I've been so impressed with the performances that they give each time. And I'm such a big fan about when students tend to create their own points of extension, which is awesome for differentiation. So one of these, one of the great things I like about this lesson is that everyone, every team is kind of working at their own pace. So you're going to have some teams that are working up until the last minute. And then you have some teams that are ready to perform when we still have like a day or two um, until it's time to um perform for the class. So a lot of times these groups that are ready to perform early, they start adding in their own extension. So instead of just performing one ostinato, they perform two or maybe they add a B section and just kind of, they kind of take it their own way, which I think is a really great process to have, um, especially when it comes to composition where there are different answers that are correct. And basically, you know, we're all working on creating our own version of the, essentially the brief. One of my newest favorite ways to use composition in the music classroom is using Chrome Music Lab and Boomwhackers. So if you haven't heard of Chrome Music Lab, it's basically a collection of apps um, for music exploration and composition. So with the SongMaker app, students are able to create their own compositions using colors. And what's really great is the colors basically match um, the the boomwhacker colors, which is amazing. So I have my students first, just the first day is kind of just exploring the app. So they're creating a song that they like. They're, they're making a song that they enjoy, um, and that's kind of the only um, 
criteria that I put on it. The next day that they use the app, they're going to be using only the colors of the boomwhackers in the lower octave. So I said a little bit of constraints, but they still have a lot of options. So I have them create their song. I still, at this point, I've yet to tell them that we're going to be using this on boomwhackers. Um, so I love it when they notice, oh, wait, we're only using these colors that have the boomwhackers. So it's funny to see some of the kids that kind of get it before I tell them. Uh, so I have them create their compositions on the Google Chrome um song maker so then they send that to me and i will actually print it out um so now they have basically a colored version of their composition um so i've done this a couple ways if i have access to a color printer i'll obviously just print it in color and if i don't i just print it in black and white and then they use markers to color over their um, bricks to make sure that it's the correct color so once they have their scores then we go ahead and bring out the, the boom markers so it's really interesting to see the students creating their compositions electronically and then transferring that over to the boom markers. Um, so what's really cool is when we on performance day, I have them, I, I play their electronic version first and then they go right into their live version, which I think is a really cool way to see how their music has evolved over time. I think it's important when we teach composition to allow our students to kind of edit the work that they've made. So some of my students, when they were doing the digital version, they had so many notes, like they had, they played a lot, like too many notes that were just kind of impossible for them to play all at the same time um, with when we shifted to the boomwhackers. So they asked, well, can we change it? I'm like, well, you know, who, who wrote the song? And they, they say, well, I, they did. I'm like, all right, so are you allowed to change it? And they're like, yeah. So I like giving them the option to kind of edit their piece as they're going on. Now, obviously, I still want them to be able to have, you know, the same kind of core piece. But if it means, you know, canceling a couple notes here and there to make it, you know, playable, I think that's important for them to have that artistic um, ability to be able to take that out and kind of make those choices to improve their composition. So this is one of my favorite ways to use composition in the classroom, especially composition aided by technology. Um, so I have this lesson plan all kind of sequenced out in the show notes if you want to check that out. Or if you have any questions, you can always send me an email or a message on Facebook or Instagram, and I'd love to help in any way that I can. I love giving students the opportunity to create their own music. And because I like that they're able to take ownership in the music classroom. However, I know that I have a lot of students that are like me when I was their age that are completely uncomfortable with the notion of starting with nothing and making something new. By guiding students to take smaller steps, I believe that we're able to increase student confidence and performance on these type of activities, which let's be honest, is 100% a win-win. Thank you for listening to That Music Podcast. You can check out the show notes at thatmusicteacher.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes as they come out every Wednesday. I'd also appreciate if you left a review as this helps new music teachers find the podcast. Thanks again for all that you do for our kids. I hope that you have an amazing week.